This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Welcome to uh, Jackson Square this morning. Full show for what, $5.99? Show $5.99. Tomorrow is the big six. Congratulations, sir. We've made it. (laughs) St. Louis Cathedral behind us, beautiful place. Jackson Square in the heart of the French Quarter. Uh, and this joint was rocking beyond belief Saturday night after Duke Carolina. Now. Boy, wasn't it Ooh, ever! What a game. And, and tonight we get KU Carolina for the national championship. Ball game starts tonight about 9:20 Eastern time over on uh, over on TBS, and we'll give you the full details of our coverage here on ACC Network, following our program and more. And we got great guests for you today: uh, Terrence Oglesby, who's been with us before; Randolph Childress. They've been here with Field of 68 and some other coverages they'll join us in the eight o'clock hour eastern time and then nine o'clock hour uh we we had a lot of fun with reese davis and chris davis so we're going to go kenny and kj smith at nine o'clock and then joel berry and luke hancock fresh off another edition of nothing but net last night will join us here on set and we'll talk to them about ku carolina and maybe a little bit about how all this kind of fits together tonight this is a lot to take in if you're an acc fan we watched here on Saturday night, maybe one of the best Duke Carolina games at least of the last, what, 15 years? Well, I'd in terms say, of high-level play? Uh, well, the down the stretch was sensational. I, I would tell you it was one of the best national semifinal games ever played. Right. Uh, given the hype of the game, you're like, well, there's no way the game could live up to the hype. And while at times neither team was a great shooting night, what they did, once it was 55 apiece, West right. in the back and forth, the last 10 minutes of that game was nothing more than two heavyweights throwing haymakers. It was a fabulous basketball game. Yeah. Fa- fantastic. Well, and anybody that saw it who kind of has a, an idea what Duke Carolina is may not be surprised. In fact, it was interesting yesterday at the Superdome during the media availability for both Kansas and Carolina to hear the national media ask folks who've covered the ACC or covered the particular schools about the game. Because, Pac, it's kind of a standard we become accustomed to with Duke and Carolina. We are spoiled rotten as ACC fans, much less two dudes that grew up in North Carolina, to have kind of seen that so many times that you kind of lose sight and lose count of how many times you've seen great Duke Carolina games. But as we talked about ad nauseum last week, the buildup of hates, the first time we've ever seen it in a national semifinal in a Final Four, just elevated it. Oh, yeah, by the way, sprinkling a little Coach K farewell and you just took it to another stratosphere. But again, the quality of the play down this stretch, you start talking about 18 lead changes, right? The back and forth. And it wasn't just one guy who got hot. Hey, we're going to ride his coattails. How many guys took it and said, hey, give me the ball. Let me make the shot down the stretch. It was a, like I said, fantastic basketball. Yeah, I mean, it was just a phenomenal night of basketball for the ACC. Uh, we'll get to the legacy of Mike Krzyzewski coming up because obviously Carolina won the ball game uh, 81-77. to um, In terms of big shots, <laughs> Caleb Love, where do you want to go with that? Well, pick one. I mean, which guy took about Caleb Love's three at the top of the key will go, will go down as one of the legendary shots in North Carolina basketball history. And, oh, by the way, they've had a few. Yeah. Right? They've had a few. But that shot, given the moment, Oh my God, he's taking a three, up one, and it was dagger. I mean, that was just dagger. And like I said, it was nothing but two heavyweights throwing haymakers for the last five minutes of that game. 
And I say it all the time, just entertain me, right? That's all I want out of sports. <laughs> well, you got entertained And I'm like, hey, America, if you were not entertained with that, you need to go find another sport because those were two of the all-timers mm. playing on the biggest stage and delivering. They both were terrific. Caleb Love finished with 28. Of course, Carolina, in terms of points, scored 28's the number James Worthy scored uh, 40 years ago when Carolina beat Georgetown in the national championship game on a Monday night inside the Superdome as well. New Orleans and Carolina have kind of become a thing. Now, huh. Kansas and New Orleans later tonight we'll talk about. The Jayhawks have tried to win two here and uh, have been thwarted both times, once by Syracuse and the other time by UConn. We'll talk about that coming up as well before we're done here today at well, 10 o'clock. Well, one of the things, uh, as we were goofing around on Saturday in the pregame show, I mentioned to you, New Orleans and North Carolina yeah. have a wonderful relationship. The Heels are now 15-1 and one in this town. 15 up, one down. They are 5-0 and oh in the Final Four. They're 6-1 and one in the NCAA tournament in a game in this city. So it has been a wonderful thing, and the Heels are looking to win their third national title in New Orleans tonight. And again, you talk about Blue Bloods with Duke and Carolina, more the same tonight. Kansas, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, and the relationship, I think, between North Carolina and Kansas. Right. And it literally goes back to the invention of the game. Mm. I don't have to go Dean Smith with you or Roy Williams or everything else. It's really, these two have always been kind of connected to the hip, even yeah. though they've not seen each other that much. And we'll dive more into the Jayhawks and the matchup tonight, obviously, before we're done. Uh, Kansas did, not to say that I was foretelling all this, Kansas did exactly what I thought Kansas would do Saturday. Uh, Villanova was outmanned with the Justin Moore Achilles tear, losing a guy averaging 15 points a game. The Jayhawks jumped the Wildcats early. But here's the cautionary tale a little bit for Kansas. Pac, they allowed a 10-0 run and a 12-3 run in the course of the ball game. But David McCormick was terrific inside. Ochai Abaji hit five straight threes to start the ball game. Uh, I mean, the, the idea that Kansas doesn't have the firepower. Now, here's the one thing I will point out. They can score the ball, and they can score it at pace, and they want to score it at pace. That's kind of the M.O. Tonight, maybe one of Carolina's pocket advantages will be their ability to walk the ball up the floor. Remember, Hubert Davis has changed gears a little bit with the way Carolina's going. I thought that was an important tactic on Saturday. You know, he kind of shifted gears and changed it a little bit, got to the free throw line. You know, they got some early foul trouble on Mark Williams and Theo John, all those type things. It was interesting to watch the temperament of the ball game Saturday with Duke and Carolina. How much does that help the Tar Heels tonight against the Jayhawks? We'll see, because Kansas wants to go one way, Whew. and they are really good at doing it. They are as good at 94 feet as any of the Roy Williams teams have been at Carolina in the past. And I think that's one of the things the Carolina staff has got to focus on tonight in order to have a chance to win the game. The Roy Williams Invitational, right? <laughs> I mean, Roy's had a listen, Roy's living like a king down here. Every time I see Roy Williams, it's just like he is having more fun than anybody on the planet. Look at Roy. Look at Roy. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, man, this is fun. I'm a fan. I'm watching my boys play. And, yeah. uh, we had a good time with him last week. I know he was on last night with nothing but net. Yep. But Roy Williams is having a blast. And I just hope Coach, and I know he's been living large here in New Orleans, I just hope he's got enough saliva to go right over here to the Mississippi River spit and one spit one more time. <laughs> Roy needs to spit one more yeah. time tonight. But um, I, like I said, this is why I love Blue Bloods in the Final Four. This is why I keep telling you I've got snob appeal and elitism when it comes to the Final Four. I love it when you've got the big-time <clears> teams. And you look at the tradition which is Kansas basketball, the tradition, which is North Carolina basketball. Right. You throw in what Duke's all about and Jay Wright and Villanova. 
how do you not love this as a basketball junkie? That's right. And the combination, no matter what would have happened Saturday, you'd have had an awesome combination. But we get North Carolina. We get Kansas. Like I said, the combination of Dean Smith probably looking down from heaven with a smile on his face going, hey, you know what? Those are my boys. Let's go play. Well, I I tell you what, tonight really becomes, you know, the bluest of the blue bloods. Carolina makes their, what, 12th title game appearance. Kansas 10. Yep, Kansas 10. UCLA, the only school with more. 13. 13 total. So that's uh, clearly in the sights tonight. The basketball history, as Mark said, is notwithstanding. Can I say one more thing? Sure. And I know I mentioned this a lot. I I know. We got three hours to have fun with this. But (laughs) I mentioned this last week. That nobody had a worse week last week in college basketball than Kentucky. Right? I know this is ACC Network, but I'll get to the point here. They had to watch Kansas last week pass them for all-time wins. Right. They had to watch last week North Carolina pass them in all-time NCAA tournament wins. And now Kentucky, who's been sitting on a couch, compliments to St. Peter's for two and a half weeks, is watching Kansas and North Carolina tonight. Right. And every, Kansas, every Kentucky fan sitting there going, you know what? I remember when we went to, to Allen Fieldhouse and beat them by 100. I remember when we watched North Carolina and beat them by 100 back in Vegas. Right. Guess what? you got to get hot at the right time, and that's what we've got. Kansas has won 10 straight. Heels have won 11 of 12. And you know what? Somebody tonight's cutting down the nets, and it's going to be another major banner going into an epic place. Will it be the Fog or will it be the Smith Center? Yeah, no question. Um, You've cobbled a note together about uh, the ACC here to appear in a championship game. It's becoming kind of habitual, isn't it? Well, you think of the major revenue-producing sports, college football, men's and women's basketball, right? right? And everybody talks about, hey, the object to play tonight is not to be here but to win it, right? But let's talk about getting to a title game. When you start talking about men's basketball, women's basketball, and college football, ACC is doing a pretty good job. Matter of fact, it's the only conference. Let me emphasize this again for those keeping score. It's the only league that can check all the boxes as far as putting a title game appearance. From an ACC perspective with the men, here you go. The last seven times we've had a tournament, an ACC team has played for the national title. Here's what everybody else has done. The Big 12 with Kansas makes three. They go back to back. Of course, Baylor was in it last year. Big Ten's been there twice, never won one. West Coast Conference, that would be Gonzaga. Right. So the ACC doing a pretty good job in men's basketball. Here's women's hoops. Again, congratulations to South Carolina last night. They knocked off UConn. Uh, ACC's been in the uh, championship game four times in the last seven tournaments. The SEC three, UConn with multiple leagues, has been in there three times. How about football? Hey, yeah, we know how football works, right? Yep. Let's go there. Remember, the ACC's not very good in football. That's the national narrative. Well, guess what? The conference has been in the championship game four times in the last seven playoffs, winning two national titles. The SEC, a great football league. They get all the props in the world. The Big Ten's been there one time, and that was in the very first year with Ohio State. So, again, when you start keeping score, major sports, football, men's and women's basketball, there's only one conference when it gets to the title games in the last seven years that has been present, and that would be the Atlantic Coast Conference. Pretty solid work right there. So we get Kansas and Carolina tonight. Epic semifinal on Saturday with uh, Duke in Carolina, and the Tar Heels prevailed 81 to 77. We'll talk more about that. We'll reflect on the career of Mike Shashevsky and more. But when we come back, we're in New Orleans. It's been food. It's been fun. We've had great fellowship with a lot of people from around the country. Why not have an edition of Conference Cuts? Final Four style coming up next. 
on Packer and Durham's Monday from New Orleans. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham, back at Jackson Square, New Orleans, Louisiana, home of the greatest power washers in America. (laughs) And they were on full display this morning as we were getting to the set. Sun's starting to come up right over the Mississippi. Uh, Cafe Du Monde will open in about 45 minutes. Chicory from my man who loves that and his coffee. We're good to go. I'm ready for basketball, man. I'm ready for tonight. You found your job, haven't you? I'm telling you, they, New Orleans has some kind of vehicle that washes down the city. Street, yeah, I've never seen it before, but it's like a Zamboni on three wheels. Yeah, and it can move on a dime. It's got good speed, powerful. Yeah, I'd like to have one of those. I'd like to have that maybe in Charlotte to get the traffic. You know, when you go to and you rent out the power washer for your driveway or your patio, I think you're doing something, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest with you. As a guy, yeah. give me a power washer. You kind of feel like you can take over the world. They got it figured out in New Orleans, man. They, they hose down the streets here. There's no telling what's coming down wind, downhill here now. It's That's crazy. A fair That's point a, there. Uh, Final Four edition of Conference Cuts this morning on Packer and Durham. We're going to start post game from Duke, Carolina on Saturday night. And Coach K, there were a lot of people nationally in the media that really wanted him to dive into topics and legacy and reflection and all the things maybe about his career and the game and so forth. It just wasn't going to happen in that environment. He was much more concerned about his team and the season they had. But he did pause and get into Teddy Roosevelt's Man in the Arena. Well, if I was in the arena alone, I would always come out with agony. So whenever I've gone into the arena, I've brought these guys or you know a U.S. team or whatever. So as a coach, you... Yeah, you, know, you, you are allowed to go into that arena with amazing competitors, people who want to achieve at the highest level. And then if you can teach them to achieve together at, at that highest level, then you come out of there in, in good shape. So, I mean, that, that's the beauty of being a coach and, and having the opportunities that I've had. And... Coaching them has been an amazing opportunity for me. We'd be right about that. Now, there will be a point in time for uh, Coach K to talk about his legacy, the, the state of college basketball and all that stuff, but that was a gut-wrenching loss. Yeah. Now, listen, I mean, you, can, hey, you get to the Final Four to win the Final Four. Yeah. That's the deal. Full retrospect on Mike Krzyzewski's career coming up in just a moment. Hubert Davis, uh, after the ball game, I thought Saturday night was excellent as well. Asked about, and, and this is the biggest question, I think, going into the ball game tonight. So one I asked about the winner of the Duke Carolina game, what, Tuesday, I think we talked about this. How do you get past the emotion of Saturday night to play Kansas Monday night? That's easy. I mean, we're playing for a national championship. We, you know, one of the things that these guys have done a really good job at is celebrating a win but also putting that aside and focusing on the tasks ahead of us um, after we played an unbelievable Baylor team we were able to set our sights on UCLA and after UCLA St. Peter's after Marquette and you know I mean it was just these guys have been fantastic at uh, because you know I, I want them to celebrate tonight I, I just do you know, this is a special moment for them. This is a special moment for our program. So I want them to enjoy themselves. 
And so that's important. But we have more than enough time to prepare for an unbelievable Kansas team and playing for the national championship. There's, if you're not motivated for that, that's, you shouldn't be playing. Wes, you know who the happiest man in America is? That this is a 9.20 p.m. Eastern time tip? That guy. Yeah. You know why? Because he needs Armando Baycott's ankle to be completely healed up as good as it can be yep. to go play and go run. And I like the approach that Hubert has. That, hey, listen, you, you bust your rear end to be in a position to be successful. And when you're successful, you got to enjoy it. Yep. I mean, you can't be to the point that, hey, you're so closed circuit that you just can't enjoy the big picture. I, I like Hubert's approach. How do you argue with it? He's playing for a national championship tonight. Well, I'm with you on that. I, I think he's had the right mentality about the whole tournament. Uh, it works to his advantage with a first-year program, established program, but him in the first year as a head coach. And I think his emotional touch with this has gone over very, very well in terms of his team's performance. Now, central figure in this entire operation today is going to be Baycott's ankle. The one that was sprained late in the ball game and quite frankly looked like it might be the end of the night for the Tar Heels. And he came back and was certainly effective, uh, maybe not at what he was. But Armando after the game about the ankle. Uh, I feel amazing. I feel great. Better than ever. <laughs> Amen. Uh, it Always is, feels better after a W, baby. It, it is of note. Baycott was scheduled to be part of the uh, press offering and the media availability yesterday. He was not. Caleb Love joined R.J. Davis at the dais uh, inside the Superdome. Uh, however, Hubert Davis did not back off his statement of Saturday night that Armando Baycott will play. And here's a look at the, uh, the ankle injury where he stepped on the foot of Leaky Black trying to defend the drive here. Um, I tell you, Pac, I, I thought it was curtains for Carolina when he went out of the game. It did not look good, but yeah. for folks that are as old as we are, it, it was a kind of a Willis Reed deal, wasn't it? And like yeah. I said, there was you know, a little go, bit of Willis Reed in there. Yes, it, there was. It really was. Yeah. It was kind of like, all right, there goes Baycott and Ike's. This is not good. And right. next thing you know, man, 20 seconds later, here he comes. He yeah. wants more of Duke. Let's go play. He's a tough dude. And man, how great has he been, right? Oh. 30 double doubles. He's already set a Carolina record for rebounds. Crazy good. In the NCAA tournament in just five games. Right. That's how good he's been. And he had another 20 rebound game the other day against Duke. And against McCormick tonight inside, that is going to be a humongous yep. battle. Again, Kansas is a number one seed for a reason. Uh, terrific teams. But man, Armando Baycott out of sight. And I just loved his answer that, hey, man, never felt better. Guarantee you. Yeah. you. You beat Duke in the national semis with one more to cut down the nets for the big cheese. Yep. Count on it. He'll be good to go. All right. Uh, let's go to the press offer yesterday during Kansas's session. Bill Self, who, by the way, has a very good record against the ACC. We'll Ooh. dive into this in just a second. If you think 15-3 and three is good, yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. Bill Self asked about Carolina and his thoughts. It's incredible. The, the, the uh, uh, you know, the, you know, all teams go through blips, but, you know, obviously, uh, 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 you know, the, they they had a great year, but, you know, they were a bubble team uh, uh, six weeks ago, uh, and uh, which is incredible to me. Uh, but the way – I'll tell you, I, I coached uh, uh, Mondo on the USA team when he was uh, coming out of high school, okay? He was going to be a senior – 
and I coached him. So I got to know him a little bit. You know, obviously we spent, you know, 17 or 21 days together, whatever. And, and uh, uh, we saw their team at Del Frisco's in Fort Worth uh, because we were both in that, in that sub-regional. Uh, when we first got there that first night, we both were eating there at the same time. And, and uh, I, w- I went up to Mondo and, you know, congratulations, you having fun. And the first thing he said, I love playing for Coach Davis. That's the first thing he said to me. So, so uh, I, I think that right there is a testament to how, how good he is, how special, and, and, and the relationship he has with his guys. So it's not surprising at all when you have talented guys that when they do gel, they gel in a big way if they enjoy, if, if, if they have the same co- common uh, theme and they believe in uh, uh, the way they're playing. So I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, uh, uncommon. But to get them to play at this level, that, that game last night was a big-time high-level game. That was, uh, that's about as good as you can see. And, and uh, his guys played with so much confidence. It's just a testament to him. Spot on, West Durham. Again, Bill Self, since he took over at Kansas. Roy yeah. Williams comes to Carolina. Bill right. Self takes over. Bill Self and the Jayhawks are 15-3 and three against the ACC. 3-0 against North Carolina. So that trend, as far as the rah-rah home team goes, we got to change that tonight. Yeah. Again, Roy Bear is spitting the river twice. But Bill Self, again, this is a number one seed. Let's not forget about it. Right. People have forgotten that, hey, Kansas is the one seed here. Right? They are legit. Big time good. Yeah, they are big time good. But the thing I took away from listening to that press conference yesterday was this. Bill Self recognizes what kind of job Hubert Davis has done in year one. That's right. And when a coach understands and respects it, he gives it gets the full attention today for the Jayhawks. Oh, without question. And he also mentioned, you know, six weeks ago, North Carolina was a bubble team. I, I will take it even further back. Two months ago tomorrow, February 5th. You know what happened on February 5th? Duke beat Carolina by 100 in Chapel Hill. Now, it just goes to show you how the world changes, right? Two months ago tomorrow, Duke rolled in to Carolina and went, it's over. What, 31 to 8, right? It was something like that? 31 to 8, yeah. Game was ugly. And here we are, two months fast forward, and we could be talking about North Carolina winning a national championship. That's how crazy the world can turn. And 10 months before that, Hubert Davis was hired. All right. It's a year ago tomorrow he got the Carolina job. Crazy. You just never know, man. That's why yeah. we keep score. Uh, <clears throat> so, Hubert Davis in his first year, Mike Krzyzewski's 42nd and final campaign concluded here on Saturday night. When we come back, Gene Wojciechowski is part of a uh, massive project that ESPN and the ACC Network have put together to look back at the remarkable career of Mike Krzyzewski. That's next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. But I'm proud of what my guys have done. And uh, they've been an amazing group for me. The youngest team I've coached. And uh, we had our chances tonight. And uh, they made more. They made a couple uh, more plays than we did. But uh, our guys played their hearts out. And... Uh, but uh, 
I'm proud of them. I've loved my team, and my staff loves them. And uh, they've been a, just a joy for me to coach. What a game. Ooh. What a legacy. I mean, we got plenty of time to talk about what Coach K's done again. The, the headline, though, tonight is North Carolina and Kansas. But you have to talk about Coach K a little bit today. Have well, to. it's, a, it's a remarkable career. And the finality of this was always in play, right? I mean, let's be honest. We, we knew when the year started that this was it. Uh, and somewhere along the way in this NCAA tournament run, now the storybook would have been to have him cut the nets down tonight, win a sixth national chi- championship. I think sometimes we get caught up in the fairy tale instead of the reality. But nonetheless, Mike Krzyzewski's 42 years at Duke were remarkable. From the day he was hired by Tom Butters and announced to a small cadre of media at Cameron Indoor Stadium to the other night when he bid farewell to the media in front of hundreds of credentialed media at the national championship. Mike Krzyzewski's legacy stands alone. The winningest coach in college basketball history, development of young men on and off the floor. Here's Gene Wiljahowski. Mike Krzyzewski and Duke basketball have been married for 42 years. Mike Krzyzewski! 42 years of shared loyalty, of legacy, of lasting moments like the one that took place during his final coaching appearance in front of the crazies at Cameron Indoor. It's hard for me to believe this is over. I've done what I've loved my whole life. I didn't realize that I would be doing it for 42 years at the place that I loved. The truth is, Krzyzewski and Duke never should have happened. It made no sense. There was disbelief in March of 1980 when Duke Athletic Director Tom Butters hired the human spelling bee that was Krzyzewski, a virtual unknown coming off a 9-17 and season at Army. But he arrived in Durham with the seal of approval from his former West Point coach Bob Knight and with a sense of humor. First of all, it's K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-R. If you think that's bad, it was a lot worse before I changed it. So grateful was Krzyzewski that he accepted the job without ever asking about its salary. But by the end of his third year at Duke, influential boosters wanted him fired. Carlisle, Jackson follows. It is 80 to 53. So poor was his record that Krzyzewski's oldest daughter, Debbie, was taunted at school. In response, he told her, a Krzyzewski doesn't back away from something like this. And he didn't. The Blue Devils now with a record of 36-2. What a year it's been for this man. Three years later, Duke was playing for a national championship, the byproduct of a sublime 1982 recruiting class that featured Johnny Dawkins, and Mark Allery. By 1991, Duke would shock undefeated and seemingly invincible UNLV in the national semis. It's over! The Blue Devils have pulled off the biggest upset in the history of Duke basketball! And then, Duke would beat Kansas for the program's first ever national title. In 1992, the Blue Devils would win again, thanks partly to one of the most iconic moments in college basketball history. They throw it the left of the floor. Leitner catches, comes down, dribbles, shoots, scores!
NBA royalty wanted him, but Krzyzewski stayed put and built his own version of a basketball empire. Duke became a national brand. Cameron Indoor became a shrine. The banners became an expectation. Are you serious? Slam jam bam! He recruited the best and gave them the freedom to discover themselves. But there was a limit to his patience. His empathy and compassion could give way to a snarl and a cutting sarcasm. Kids should be scared a little bit more than they are. He rarely suffered fools or losses well. At times, games and their pressures exacted a personal and physical price. I don't know what burnout means or whatever. All that I know is that I was tired because of a bad back. Krzyzewski demanded toughness. Attention to detail. You shouldn't be passing the ball like this. You should get it and be big. And a fealty to all things team. He didn't revolutionize the game in any particular way, and yet his accomplishments stretched from one baseline to the other. No college basketball coach has won more games. 208 players who have worn Duke uniforms during his watch, 42 of them have been selected in the first round of the NBA draft, with more to come. And his achievements with USA Basketball are long and distinguished. 42 years ago, there were no national championship banners hanging from the Cameron Rafters. Now, there are five. Duke has won its first college basketball as a repeat champion. The fifth crown! And good luck counting the number of lives he impacted. His Duke career began with him spelling his last name to reporters. It's K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W. And it ends with a single, oversized letter on the hardwood. They didn't know him back then, but they'll never forget him now. Thank you. This has been so darn good. I appreciate it. Pick out your favorite one here, Pac. Uh, it's really all of them. Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. a matter of it's like trying to pick out your favorite kid, right? right. I mean, he, this guy, we, we've been blessed to follow him. Yep. It's been a joy to watch him. Yep. Guy's a genius at what he does, and he will be missed not only at Duke, not only within the ACC, but in college basketball. Yeah, I, there's, there came something yesterday, and it didn't get enough play yesterday because his team is playing for the national championship tonight. Uh, Bill Self was asked a question yesterday during the media availability uh, at the Superdome about Mike Krzyzewski's career ending the night before. And Self took it upon his comments. I wanted to say Self took it upon himself. He used Mike Krzyzewski and Roy Williams as two icons in coaching, right, that have moved on. But he also said they're the two most qualified people to help us move college basketball forward. And for the first time outside the ACC footprint, we now hear somebody who's been incredibly successful in self at Kansas talk about the impact and the value of that impact that both Krzyzewski and Roy Williams could have on the game of college basketball. And it's almost like, and I'm going to ask you this question, it's almost like the current landscape is asking for help from these guys that have stepped away from the game because they know that the game potentially might be in trouble. Wes, the current landscape needs help. 
I mean, you know, the first deal is you, you have to accept that we got problems. The sport has issues. Who better to lead the way about, right. hey, here's the way we should do it than guys like Mike Krzyzewski and Roy Williams. And it's a big burden, you know, and I, and I hope Again, we're having fun with Roy, having a good time in New Orleans, as he should. Right. And Coach K will have time to reflect on his career, and there'll be a point in time where he can talk about all that stuff. But he's been very outspoken for the last three, four, five years about what is the direction of college basketball. Right. We need help. He's, I think he is the most equipped guy to discuss the relationship between college basketball and the NBA, the mindset of what a student-athlete goes through, what the sport needs big picture. I hope and pray that Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski, while they were absolutely fierce competitors, now that they get a chance to take a step away from the game that they love, can still be heavily involved and kind of shape the future where this sport goes. No, I'm with you on that. I think it's it's one of those things now, and I'll add this too. Mike Krzyzewski's former star player, Grant Hill, is the uh, president of USA Basketball, replacing Jerry Colangelo. There is now an avenue for Shashevsky and other college coaches like a Roy Williams, other guys that have stepped well. I'll throw Lon Kruger in there, who's also done a lot for USA Basketball. Guys now have a clear path to help the college and the NBA game be more concentric as they move forward. And we need that because the NCAA, and I go back to, I've said this, told you this story before, right. that SiriusXM, which who I also worked for, had asked me to host a town hall meeting with Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, and Mike Krzyzewski. And it was a studio audience thing. And it was a fascinating conversation. This was two years ago, yep. maybe three years ago, uh, between two guys that discussed where the NBA is, where NCAA basketball is, how do they work together, and what is the missing piece with the NCAA. And yeah. I'll go back to Adam Silver said, you know, if I have an issue regarding a college question, when I pick up the phone, who do I call? The answer is, there's no one you call. That's it. And um, and I kidded around in that hosting. I said, well, I have the perfect guy for the job. Unfortunately, he's still coaching at Duke University. Well, now Coach K, not that he's you know, going to tell him what he needs to do. He wants to go out and garden, and get a dog and all that great stuff and enjoy okay. life. But he is really the perfect guy to kind of bring all this together. And I think Roy Williams would be brilliant, too. I really yeah. do. I, there are a little pocket of coaches who have just stepped away from the game now that can impact the future of the sport. And I want to say there, I don't want to call it a responsibility, but the opportunity there to help the game is alive and well, clearly. Well, they've got some sweat equity in the game. Absolutely. And, I, and you know, the last thing great coaches want to do is watch something disintegrate, right? yep. even if they're not on the sideline. And I think both Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski, when you have conversations with them about where the sport is, they can give you 100 issues that need to be solved and I think those guys can get the job done. Yeah. I do. No, great stuff, and our congratulations to Mike Krzyzewski. No question. Along with dozens of others, hundreds of others, on a marvelous, marvelous career as the head basketball coach at Duke and the gifts to college basketball and to the sport itself are immeasurable. Uh, don't forget, ACC baseball coming up for you this week right here on ACC Network and the ESPN app. Oh, boy. Number 23, Georgia. Scott Strickland's dogs come to Doug Kingsmore Stadium tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. They don't like each other. No. No, they play, yeah, they, this, they play quite a bit now during the course of the year. Easy trip. What's that, 100 miles you told me? Not, not even, even that, is not it? Not even that. 65 yeah. miles. There you go, 65 miles. Georgia and Clemson tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. 
College baseball on ACC Network, streaming live on the ESPN app. Speaking of sports, when we come back, we're going to tour the league away from the Final Four in New Orleans. We have seen some stuff go on this weekend. We'll chronicle it next on Packer and Durham. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Just off Jackson Square, you'll find Cafe Du Monde. Just follow the aroma of chicory and coffee. It opened in 1862 with the simplest menu on Decatur Street, dark roasted coffee, and dough that's deep fried to perfection. Served in orders of three. Pile on a thick coat of sugar and enjoy. You've got time. That's right. (laughs) Let me tell you now, I have not had a single bite. Meanwhile, I'm your man. I know. I had one Friday. Only? One. Only one. One plate? No, one beignet. <laughs> one full They beignet. are spectacular. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Before the wellness program in 22? You'd have been. I would. We'd be doing the show live from there. That's yeah, where we'd be. And we'd move off the stage. Yeah, and, 70. It's literally about 70 yards. It's about a Tiger Woods 7 iron. The way he's hitting it. Oh, stop. Yeah, Don't kidding. even go there I this kid. week, okay? Uh, but it is Masters Oh, week. my God. By the way, we beat your... Our backdrop beats your backdrop this morning. That is, uh, by the way, that is uh, St. Louis Cathedral. I was there yesterday. Yeah. And uh, it, they were renovating the inside of it. Uh, just an incredible place. Yeah, it is. And uh, the backdrop here, I mean, Jackson Square is sensational. And yep. uh, for folks who've never been here, uh, when you do come mm-hmm. to New Orleans, you will go to this joint because during the weekends, the artists are out, incredible art. If you love art, the galleries, I went through a bunch of them yesterday. Um, it's just an incredibly beautiful yeah. place. And when we get here bright and early, with the sun now coming up over the Mississippi River, which is on the other side of us here, the birds chirping, uh, and they finally, you know, wash down the streets. I mean, it is stunningly beautiful. Train comes rolling through every once in a while. Sankey Express was Charlie. already zipping through here <laughs> before the cars. show started and uh, trying to disrupt the ACC Network yeah, shows, but we're good go. to go. But this, this is a great, not good, great, hosting city yeah the bigger the party the better new orleans gets yep and uh needless to say it's a great food town oh but you know that when you come here no doubt all right let's go around the acc here a little bit we're gonna wrap a lot of things together we're gonna start with the augusta national women's uh am and beatrice waleen of florida state and rachel keen of wake forest top 10 finishes pack great stories here uh, we just had Beatrice on the show about a week and a half ago on her way to Augusta. And uh, man, I tell you what, the ladies can flat out play and just set the stage for what we're going to see this week. Par 3 contest on Wednesday. Tiger rumored to be playing. Uh, everybody be fired up. And boy, the pimento cheese sandwiches uh, are accustomed <laughs> to Augusta National as beignets and blackened anything are to New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, Rachel King, by the way, a terrific Saturday to uh, to edge into the uh, into the top ten as well. So our congratulations to both Beatrice and Rachel on great performances there. By the way, sidebar to this, uh, Jennifer Cupcho won the Chevron Championship yesterday on the LPGA Tour with Excellent. another former Deacon star. So congratulations to her. Yeah. Um, Virginia loses to Richmond in men's lacrosse. What happened there? Number two ranked team in the country losing I, to an unranked uh, in-state opponent. That's not supposed no, to happen. No, not supposed to happen, but 
Hey, you never know when the pesky spiders get involved, right? Uh, it's like Iowa basketball. Just ask him. Just you never know. You just you just never know. So uh, upset in the uh, men's lacrosse world, number two Cavaliers fall at Robbins Stadium in Richmond to the uh, to the Spiders. However, Virginia baseball set a single game attendance program record uh, in Sunday's win over Georgia Tech. Uh, another home run from Geloff. They took two of three. They scored 18 runs in front of 5,286. We told you, man, the Hoos can absolutely rake it. And Jake now has 14 homers that leads the country. We just had him on the show last week. And, of course, there he is without his helmet on, as I explained last week. They need to get bigger helmets in Virginia. But I tell you what, they are a fun baseball team to watch because they can flat out score. You had a flow like Jake Geloff. You'd take your I used to have a too. flow like that about, um, I don't know, 40 years ago. Ah, there you go. Uh, little news now uh, on the spring football side. A couple of ball games you saw on ACC Network. Syracuse Friday night, Louisville yesterday. This news is from Tallahassee. Mike Norvell has named Jordan Travis the starting quarterback. And their spring uh, game is one of seven scheduled for this Saturday. Uh, many of them you'll see live on the ACC Network. You'll see all of them at some point. But uh, Jordan Travis is the starting quarterback of the uh, of the Florida State Seminoles. I'm not surprised. No, I'm not either. Uh, you know, and I think Florida State showed signs of life in the second half of the season, which was great. They just almost got bowl eligible. So uh, I think expectations are getting larger and larger for Mike Norvell, the yeah. folks down there at Florida State. And I'll emphasize this again. I know we've got the national championship game tonight. But the ACC's Atlantic Division, I think, will be totally undersold by the media in the offseason. As we get into spring and into summer, I think the Atlantic Division of the ACC is going to be very, very good. I, uh, I had somebody ask me in New Orleans about the comment we had the other day where uh, we wrapped up our visit with Scott Satterfield. You talked about the Atlantic Division potentially being a fistfight, huh? I think it's going to be awesome. I do. Yeah. I mean, and we know about Wake Forest, the defenders, yep. if you will. We know that NC State's going to get a lot of preseason top 10, top 15 Clemson. love. Oh, by the way, you've heard of this team, Clemson? Clemson uh, they should be pretty good they're as good. well. Yeah. And But I do think Louisville is going to be pretty good. I think Florida State could be a problem. There's a number of teams, Boston College. Syracuse, we don't know, right? I, I, just, I think the Atlantic Division will be undersold in the summertime, in my opinion. Jordan Travis, by the way, 2,000 combined passing and rushing yards last year and was responsible for 22 touchdowns. So kind of weave all that together, and uh, he'll be interesting to watch. Remember now, you got a whole new offensive structure at Florida State. Kenny Dillingham's moved on, that kind of thing. So we'll keep an eye on the Knowles as they go through spring drills, and we'll talk more about that later in the week. Uh, Duke beat Carolina. In uh, men's lacrosse. Yeah, men's lacrosse. Yeah, they did. Men's basketball, all chips are in. But, yeah. again, the lacrosse in this conference, as we've discussed many, many times, unbelievably good. Carolina Deep and consistent. Yep, Carolina 0-2 in the ACC. Uh, top 20 matchup here, but uh, Duke beat Carolina 15-6 was the final. By the way, we had a uh, since dirt in Chapel Hill this weekend. Did you know that? Virginia Tech baseball. Right. Since dirt, first time ever winning a series. Wow. How about that? Got to give a that? shout out to the Hokies real quick since we, I know we just zipped through baseball real quick, but right. uh, Hokies got to get some love for taking care of business there. And also Miami and Notre Dame was sweeps this weekend yeah. on the baseball scene. Uh, Louisville's women's basketball team came up short the other night, Minneapolis, national semifinal game against 
uh, or I'm sorry, before that, let me go to Charlotte North because Packer and I were Please. actually watching this. Yeah, she's ridiculous. We were watching this the Every other week day. we talk about it. Uh, was she unbelievable? Seven goals in the 18-8 win over Virginia Tech. That's three shy of the 10 she had a year ago against the Hokies. She, uh, I mean, she is, I said the other day, she is a superstar. Look at this play. Behind the back, no look. Forget it. Count it. She is ridiculous. Yeah. Superstar. Charlotte has 57 goals this year for Boston College, but that does not lead the country. Sienna Gore of Kennesaw State, my son's alma mater, has 64 goals to lead the country in scoring in women's lacrosse. That's great. That's great. Just thought I'd add that. Don't throw Kennesaw State. They're they're not writing any checks. (laughs) When Kennesaw State writes a check, then you can throw another Kennesaw. It's like Elon. They're, They're not... They're not writing checks. I got you. Okay. You know, they, they receive checks I from our you. league. Yeah, so quit, right. quit promoting Kennesaw State. <laughs> Don't try to diminish my girl Charlotte North. I'm not diminishing you Charlotte. Just I, I you just, just did. You just did. second in the country. apologize to America on Charlotte, that. Charlotte, I'm sorry. There you go. All right. Kennesaw uh, State. Now, the women's final Please. four for Friday night. Louisville falls to the eventual national champion, South Carolina. Uh, 72-59 was the final at Target Center last night. Uh, or on Friday night, rather. Boy, South Carolina did a job on Haley Van Lith. Hey, you know what? Shout out to the Gamecocks. They did a tremendous job. I know this is not an ACC team, but uh, they were the number one team wire-to-wire. Yeah. Dawn Staley's got a great program. So does Jeff Walls. Uh, I know they're disappointed with the loss, um, but you know what? Back to the Final Four again, and yep. if you count that team out, you are crazy. Uh, Jeff Walls, after the ball game, uh, asked about his team in the Final Four and not being able to get into the championship game. I listen to pe- people talk about a, a, other coaches who have a, di- a, a dynasty going and they've been to four Final Fours, so, so have we. You know, it just all depends what your narrative, what you want it to be. If your narrative wants to be that we can't win the big game, well, so be it. Then that's what your, your narrative's gonna be. But if you want it to be that this is a program that had never been to a Sweet 16, for 32 years of it, and now we've been to four, uh, uh, four Final Fours, that's what I'd go with. But that might not sell papers, it might not get clicks. So you can either tear, tear, tear kids down or build them up. I choose to build them up. And unfortunately, it might not get as many clicks as you all want. But I'm pretty damn impressed with my group. I love my kids. We ain't going to change a damn thing we do, no, 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 no matter what y'all write. Because if it's me, I'm being, po- I'm being positive of what these kids just did, what these kids just did this entire season. But unfortunately, positivity doesn't sell. It's negativity. Okay. Go ahead. I'm, 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 I'm on a roll. Keep going. You want to keep going? Who's next? Go ahead. I got nowhere to go. Except the bar. I love it. Here's the thing. Um, You can go back through history. Yeah. Pick a sport where, hey, people got there, came up a little short, came up a little short. Eventually, you kick the door down. Right. The excellence that he has set at Louisville, like I said, if you're going to bet against that guy in that program, you're making a terrible mistake. And if you think that, hey, let me just go ahead and bury Louisville women's basketball because they've not won the national championship. Uh, that, uh, to me, that's the wrong approach. Yeah. Uh, he will get back to a Final Four, and eventually Louisville's going to win a national championship. And I'd say the same thing about what Wes Moore's done 
at NC State. You know, you build the right kind of program and you bring in great kids, really good coaching, eventually it works out for you. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, hour two, Packer and Durham sailing right along in the Big Easy. And when we come back, Terrence Oglesby rejoins this program, but he has broken one of the pillar rules of the Packer and Durham show. You know why? Overdressed. He's overdressed. Apparently, Oglesby's going for some loan work today. Overdressed. <laughs> Apparently, Bank. seeing some man about some money in New Orleans. Banking hours in two hours yeah. open up. There Shooters next on Packer and Durham from New Orleans. Packer and Durham.